This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. Speaker, few actions in public life give me greater pleasure than introducing the National Disability Insurance Scheme Bill does today. In 2013, the Gillard government began rolling out the National Disability Insurance Scheme, or NDIS. The idea of a National Disability Insurance Scheme has found a place in our nation's hearts. Today, we inscribe it in our nation's finances. Now, it supports more than half a million people with disabilities across the country. But some believe this scheme is discriminatory. Guardian Australia reporter Paul Carp has revealed that a class action to be filed in the coming weeks will allege this scheme unlawfully excludes people based on their age and where they live. This could be the biggest class action the government has faced since RoboDebt and permanently change the way the NDIS operates. Today, suing the government over the NDIS. It's Tuesday, the 21st of February. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Paul Cup, who is suing the government over the NDIS? Well, the proposed lead plaintiff is Helen Bonning. She's 71 and lives in the inner west of Sydney. Hi, my name's Helen Bonning. I'm the lead plaintiff in the class action against the Commonwealth. She's sort of a passionate advocate for disability care. She used to work with uh, patients in care as New South Wales. I can talk and I don't mind speaking out for people and I want to make sure that people's stories are told. When she was 63, she developed uterine cancer. And part of the treatment, I had surgery and then I had um, radiation. And sadly, I became paralysed. It is a very rare side effect of radiation that I'm paralysed from the hips downwards. She's in need of constant care now. And that's, you know, everything from the big things to to the little things of life. Oh, my goodness. It turns your life upside down. I need help for showering to get in and out of the shower. I need help shopping. I'm obviously in a wheelchair all the time. I have a shower chair. I have transfer boards. I have, oh gosh, you forget how many things you've actually got. Just your whole life changes. Helen's husband retired early to become her full-time carer. 
and it affects everybody. You know, it's not just you, it's like your whole family. So given her permanent impairment and the amount of help that she needed, she applied for the NDIS, but she was rejected. Oh, I burst into tears. I was devastated. I couldn't believe it. It was just like, what do you mean? Helen's case really hinges on six weeks or 16 kilometres. That's how far short she fell in terms of qualifying for the National Disability Insurance Scheme. I was astounded. I just could not believe it. I put in an appeal, but it's just you just hit a brick wall. And that was for a few reasons. One was that there's an age bar which bans anyone 65 or over from qualifying for disability care under the NDIS. I was ineligible because um, I was going to be six weeks too old. Why they choose 65, I've got no idea. And the second thing is the way that it was rolled out. It was rolled out more quickly in some areas and some states than others. And she found that her suburb wasn't eligible when she was below that age bar. The Northern Beaches rolled out in 2016, the year before. So if I lived there, I would have got it. If she'd lived just 16 kilometres away over on the north side of the harbour, she would have qualified for the NDIS when she applied. Even the social worker and the OTs that were doing the plan for me were shocked that they hadn't heard that before. It was something that nobody really knew, that there was an age limit. So, Paul, before your reporting, I had no idea that the NDIS was only for people under 65. Why does the government set the bar there? I think the logic of setting it at 65 was there was already some provision for disability care in aged care when the NDIS was introduced. The NDIS was replacing a patchwork of state-based disability care for, for under 65s. And so at the time, that was where the gap in coverage was. That's where they thought the need was greatest. How do these two schemes compare, NDIS and aged care, particularly when it comes to Helen's case? So the level of funding on the two schemes is just not the same. And, you know, you can look at the the average uh, value of an NDIS package uh, to a participant, and that's over $100,000. But someone on the aged care scheme, it's in the tens of thousands, more like, you know, $50,000. That's because of differences in terms of what the schemes pay for and the way people are assessed. The difference between NDIS and my aged care is NDIS looks at you as an individual, and they assess you, you need help, you need support, you need this, and they're going to give you the money to do those things. And they want you to be as independent as possible and not a burden on your family. In the aged care system, the assessment looks at what other forms of support you have, including you know, family members and carers, and they do means testing. So what assets do you have? Should you be paying for you know, your wheelchair out of your own pocket? Right, so with those measures in place... What was Helen eligible for? Well, Helen said that because her husband was able to provide some level of care to her, she does not get paid for things that she would under the NDIS, things like, you know, cleaning, shopping, nursing. They basically just looked at my husband and they put the gardening, cooking, shopping, caring hat on him and say, right, well, you can do all that stuff, so we don't need to give you money for that. Helen was assessed as level two in the My Age Care system, and that can be worth, you know, up to $15,000 a year. But the provider fees, the reduction because of the means test, as a result of that, she was only eligible for a, a little over $30 a week of government support. So when I worked it all out, there wasn't even enough money for me to pay for a cleaner for a year. 
I mean, I guess you could lie and hide the husband and say, well, I don't have him, but, you know, I'm not into doing that. (laughs) So she said no. She opted to pay the costs of everything she needed, like $19,000 for a wheelchair out of her own pocket. Why did Helen decide not to take the government's money? I think she had a few objections. One was on the level of principle that, you know, she thinks she should be eligible for the NDIS. Uh, One was practical. It's a lot of work to be putting in all these forms. And she, you know, seemed to not like the idea of the private provider in the My Age Care system clipping the ticket. And at the end of the day, you know, Helen is in a fortunate position in that she was able to pay for her supports herself. But we know that not everyone is in that position. It's not assessed in a way that is fair. Uh, It puts a lot of burden on the family. There shouldn't really be a discrepancy between what someone on NDIs with disability gets and what someone in aged care gets. It's not really set up for someone who has a disability like mine or anybody else's. So, Paul, if you don't apply before you're 65... Is that it? Or is there some leniency for older people who really need that extra help? For example, they might have a severe disability that gets worse or very little support. Helen says, essentially, you're shut out for life. And it's written there in the NDIS legislation, you you have to be under 65. Someone in her position could be reassessed in the aged care system, you know, can ask for more support that way. But no matter how her circumstances change now, she's not going to get on the NDIS unless this case changes the law on that. It's frightening. It just makes me feel really sad, I think. You sort of work, or you work, you pay tax, you're, you know, you think you're an okay person and you, it just makes you feel like you're not important, you're not, you've got no value from you. It's, it's not a nice feeling. And Helen's just one example. There's thousands of other people in this situation, you know, and the difference between the level of care they receive between the NDIS and My Age Care can have starker results if you can't afford to pay for the supports out of your own pocket. There are people who are in bed 24-7 because they don't have enough money for carers to get them out of bed. There are horrible stories out there. And these are people, they can't really, you know, they're not able to tell their own stories. So, Paul, Helen is the proposed lead plaintiff in a class action against the government, which is alleging that the NDIS unlawfully excludes over 65, amongst other things. What is Helen trying to accomplish for herself and for others with this class action? Well, the main thing is to knock out that exclusion from the NDIS Act. We're trying to overturn the ruling, which excludes over 65s from NDIS. It's a human rights problem. It's discrimination. Next, how this case could transform the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Paul, before the break, we heard that Helen thinks the NDIS is discriminatory and should change. Can you break down the legal arguments behind this class action? So the class action is being put together by uh, Mitri lawyers, and I've been speaking to them over the last few months as they've been advertising for potential plaintiffs to join the, the class action. They're planning to file this case in the next few weeks, and this case has two main prongs. Uh, The first has to do with Australia's obligations under the International Treaty on the Rights of People with Disabilities. Helen and Mitri lawyers will argue that the rule that you have to be under 65 to apply for the NDIS is discriminatory and that that is at odds with the treaty. Now, the treaty is really important because of the way that the NDIS was legislated. The federal government couldn't just suddenly create a national disability body, but under the constitution, they can make laws that implement international treaties we've signed on to. And because we're a party to that, the the treaty on the rights of people with disabilities, suddenly the federal government gets that power and is able to create the NDIS. So the same treaty which allowed them to legislate it can be used by Mitri lawyers to argue that the exclusion is not lawful. Mm. So essentially, the NDIS is leaving out a whole cohort of people with disabilities, those over 65s, and the lawyers will argue that that's not consistent with this treaty, which is the whole reason that the NDIS exists in Australian law. That's the first prong. What's the second prong of the legal case, Paul? Well, the other argument is that the staggered rollout of the NDIS coming in at different times in different areas and different times in different states, that could breach the Constitution's ban on discrimination based on state of residency. Mm. So under Section 117 of the Constitution, the Commonwealth can't discriminate because of which state you live in. And the lawyers will argue that because it came in earlier in some states than others, this means that people were discriminated against based on where they live. Right. So it's not just postcodes like we saw with Helen, but people missing out based on which state they live in. Yes, obviously, uh, North Sydney and and the inner West Sydney are are not different states. But if you look at the map of where the NDIS was rolled out, for example, there are people in Queensland and New South Wales that got the NDIS as early as 2016. But in South Australia, they didn't get it until 2017 and 2018. So although Helen's example is of uh, an arbitrary uh, distinction within a city, there are also these arbitrary exclusions between states that are that's going to be a basis of the case. If Helen and her legal team are successful in these arguments and over 65s are judged to have been illegally excluded from the NDIS, what happens? Well, Rick Mitri already has 640 people that can potentially join this case, but you can join at any time. So, I mean, this could be numbering in the thousands by the time this case is actually heard and all those people could be eligible for compensation. On top of that, if they win, people over 65 with a disability may become eligible for the NDIS, which is potentially a very big cohort of people. If the government has to pay out compensation along with the ongoing cost of adding people over 65 to the NDIS, that sounds pretty expensive. 
Oh, absolutely. A, a, a whack up front for the decade of lost NDIS uh, for the plaintiffs, but then the ongoing cost of people that missed out that are added to the scheme and are eligible every year. A former senior public servant, Roger Beale, who's involved in the case, has been crunching the numbers on it. Beale calculates that the case could cost the Commonwealth up to $800 million a year, and that's an ongoing cost when you consider the difference in the NDIS and the My Age Care system if all those over 65s were in the more generous NDIS. He said that the case could be the biggest and most morally embarrassing class action the Commonwealth has faced since RoboDebt. I imagine that's a big concern, especially considering there's already been an ongoing debate about the cost of the NDIS amongst some commentators and politicians. It's now forecast to cost more than $50 billion a year by 2025-26, which is much more than originally forecast. Can you talk to me about these concerns around the cost of the NDIS right now, Paul? Well, the NDIS is one of the fastest growing line items in the budget. But of course, economists, advocates, the minister, Bill Shorten, point to the fact that that is not just spending, that's investment for every you know dollar that's spent on the NDIS. If that helps improve someone's quality of life and helps them to live more independently, then they're also able to contribute more in terms of working, in terms of averting other costs like to the health system. So the government's position is it's, it's worth every cent, but they are also attentive to the cost growing even more. How does the government feel about this class action with all this in mind and the potential costs and changes to the NDIS that it could trigger? Well, I actually asked the NDIS Minister Bill Shorten about this late last year and about the proposed class action and the exclusion of over 65s. Shorten said it was Parliament's explicit intent for the NDIS to cover only those under 65 and he plans to keep it that way. He did acknowledge that there was a difference between what you get on the NDIS and what you get in the aged care system. And he said, quote, I think they have a point. He blamed the coalition, though. He said that, you know, the the idea was always that after the NDIS was brought in, that there were going to be improvements in the disability support in the My Age Care system. But instead, it had fallen in a rut in the decade since the NDIS was set up. And he did suggest that the government could try and address that by improving disability care within aged care rather than adding people to the NDIS. But we know there's enormous problems in the aged care system. I mean, how likely is it that that this government is going to be able to tackle those problems in the near future? I think regardless of whether over 65s were added to the NDIS or there were improvements in disability care in the My Age Care system, it would be a cost to the budget. And I don't think that's something that governments over the last 10 years have been willing to do. In this time, we have also had a Royal Commission into Aged Care that reveals hundreds of thousands of shortfall of places for home care packages and long wait lists for home care packages and aged care centres on the brink of financial collapse because people are living so long and the funding model doesn't account for people's complex needs spending decades and decades in aged care. So obviously, if you approach government services from the point of view of 
not just an investment to help people into the workforce and to avert bigger healthcare costs down the line, but also just giving something to people who have paid into the system previously or giving something to people because it's a human right to have a, a certain level uh, of care. I think that's a good enough reason to, to, to give people uh, a, a disability care, regardless of if they, nev- if they never pay a dollar of it back, if you take a human rights-based approach. But governments often approach this from a how-much-will-it-cost approach. How are people feeling about the next few months and what this class action could bring? For them, it's a righteous cause uh, to not be treated differently than, than people that have the same condition that are a little younger than them. I don't know, it just makes me angry. I just think I have a disability the same as someone who's 40. I mean, I have friends who are in the same situation as me. They're younger than me. They're on NDIS. And I think, well, why? I, I need and surely I deserve the same things as them. Why am I unworthy of that? That was political reporter Paul Karp and Helen Bonning. In response to questions from Guardian Australia, a government spokesperson clarified that people who acquire a disability before the age of 65 who are NDIS participants can continue to access the NDIS after the age of 65. But for those who acquire a disability over the age of 65, the government is focused on implementing reforms to the aged care system to better support this group of people. You can read Paul's feature on this case at theguardian.com and we've linked to it on the Full Story page as well. And if you're interested in this case, do check out his reporting over the coming weeks and months as it heads to court. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Camilla Hannon, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producers of this episode are Miles Mattignoni and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. OK, catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 